Hey, you guys. Welcome back to the show. This is Tom from the Progressive Mind Center podcast. Uh, thanks again for listening and writing the reviews. That really helps us grow and improve and get the content out there that you guys really want. I have two wonderful ladies with me, colleagues and friends, uh, instrumental in helping our community here in beautiful, sunny Vero Beach, Florida. And they're going to share some of the things that they've been doing with their clients. Thank you so much for being here. And Helen's going to start. She's going to kind of share who she is and what she's doing. Thank you, Tom. I am Helen Murray, and I'm a licensed mental health counselor here in Vero. Um, my office is off of 43rd Avenue, and it's called Creative Counseling Center. And uh, my colleague and I, Marcy, are here to talk about resilience with Tom, and specifically how that refers to the resilience that's been earned during this interesting time, the resilience of COVID, I suppose. We really haven't had a choice <laughs> but to figure out how to be resilient and rise above. Yeah. Um, it's funny because the things that we teach clients on a regular basis, um, we've had to implement and employ those things ourselves even more so than we were Absolutely. doing. Absolutely. So, Mars, you want to introduce yourself? Well, thank you for having us, Tom. This has been this is a great opportunity to share again what we're talking about, resilience on our own, and then how we've shared that with our clients. So um, I, my name is Marcy Purdy, and I'm a registered board-certified art therapist here in Indian River County, and been working here for over 30 years, and um, been enjoying helping people even more now than in the past because we all need it so much. And Helen and I have spent a lot of time together during this time to come up with some ways that we can share what we've been doing ourselves. Um, we'll share a little, talk a little bit about that. Um, the things that I enjoy most and am enjoying sharing with others are uh, movement through Qigong and then the creative process. So I'll share more about that. Um, going to get back to back and forth here so yes mm -hmm. um, well my uh, specialty is working with anxiety anxiety disorders PTSD trauma and I use uh, cognitive behavioral therapy and hypnosis as I've shared on the, the podcast and so uh, that has been instrumental the hypnosis especially as an indirect way to help people foster and build their own uh, resilience um, because it's tapping into their subconscious mind. The conscious mind, we are so overloaded and bombarded by the news and the media and social media. And when we go out, we're wearing the mask and we're so disconnected uh, to each other that I think it's important that we can touch on the subconscious uh, mind, which is what I get to do through hypnosis. And that's why um, I'm so glad that you guys are here today because the work that you do with creative expression, with uh, art therapy, that tickles that same kind of uh, uh, subconscious realm where they get to really express what's going on beneath the surface without the conscious processing, without them trying to rationalize or analyze the things that are happening. And then they actually get to be their true, authentic selves. And so I'd love to hear more about how you guys are facilitating that. Well, I did forget to mention what I do, Tom. Thanks for this <laughs> wonderful segue. Um, and I, my center is, uh, as I said, off of 43rd Avenue, and I do uh, a lot of trauma work and with an eye movement modality called accelerated resolution therapy. Um, I also 
see latency age children up to 90. And and I see kind of a general population, you know, more more so um, anxiety and depression, but addiction, you know, whatever whatever ails. That's my goal is to help help people help themselves. But what Marcy and I have done, what which is in implementing some of those things in in terms of the creative process, is to create a opportunity for people to begin to get out of their left brains and into their right through movement, through qigong, and then with um, a different processes, one of the processes called soul collage, which Marcy will talk more about. And I do psychodrama, which is the action method by which we heal um, original pain. So those things sound very interesting and mysterious, but they really aren't. They, they just, <laughs> right. you know, doesn't it? It sounds, it's like, what did you say? Mm-hmm. But then it is, you know, different from talk therapy. And, of course, we all know the benefit of talk therapy. But we're doing things with our body. We're getting out of the, we're getting into the parasympathetic. We're releasing all that conscious stuff that that Tom was just talking about that we dwell on, unfortunately. Or we might not even dwell on it consciously, but unconsciously it's there. When we can do movement and do creative expression, then we get out of that place. And we can get to that relaxed place and really release a lot of that tension. So we've been, Helen and I have been getting together to do some Qigong in the morning, nice way to start the day, to ground yourself, to release some of the tension. And then, again, get into that parasympathetic where you're relaxed and you can have a better start of the day. Really Image is reminding you of that, too. Mm-hmm. So. It's really made a difference in my life. I know, Marcy, you teach it. Te- teach Qigong. I have been teaching Qigong for the last 15 years. Um I had to stop, of course, during COVID, uh, the gyms closed that I was teaching at, but it's still something that I try to incorporate into my day because, as you say, you have a better start of your day when you get your body moving. And Tom and I had a little talk about that earlier. When you start to do some physical activity, you start to feel your whole body and your mind in a much better place and you feel better about yourself and that just kind of snowballs into a better place, a better better mood daily it's all connected i mean we we try to differentiate that you know i exercise and i eat and that's one part of me and then my mind and uh that's another part and then my emotions are something separate and then my spiritual being is some it's all connected and so when we impact one that impacts the other the other things too i think we tend to forget that so it's important and i think we hear that a lot you know mind and body are connected but Unless you're moving and feeling that, you don't experience that. So I think, you know, all the exercises we're talking about with movement and, you know, again, the emotional aspect of hypnotherapy or imagery, all the other things really help that to get it flowing. Just like we're talking about Qigong, you know, it can sit there in the body, but when you move it, it moves through you. I love, Marcy, how you were talking about... um, the presentation you did recently, and uh, Helen was talking about it too, how you build, you start in one area, maybe it's Qigong and movement, and then you build to more creative expression and then to actually like acting out uh, things and relationships with the psychodrama. And you talk about that kind of how you... Uh... Well, I've I've been involved with the arts and medicine program for a number of years, and I got involved through an art therapy process of, it's called the art of change. 
and it's a combination of it was actually um, art there or qigong art therapy and psychodrama and when i heard about that it was very exciting because i knew helen was involved in psychodrama and that i was involved in the other two so we've been attempting to make that happen right at the time of covid of course but we did do uh, one presentation and so much came out of it and i would I'm hoping that we can continue to share that with other people. So we started with the Qigong. We moved into the soul collage, which I'll explain a little more about. And then we took the soul collage and turned it into, well, Helen took her expertise and turned it into a drama about my family that led to a very important affirmation. And I still, I see the card and it reminds me of that affirmation and it reminds me of, you know, just what I need to hear. So um, it's it's kind of hard to explain the process. I'll do the best I can, but that's the whole thing is experiencing it and you know mm-hmm. having it part of your your spiritual and physical being. Mm-hmm. So what exactly is the soul collage? You know, even though you can't really show it, uh, just to, to describe. Close your eyes and imagine. Okay, so soul collage was started probably around two thousand by a woman by the name of Cena Frost, and Cena was a psychologist. And she was also uh, very spiritual and studied Jean Houston. So it was her way of putting images together to help people to understand their own process or different aspects of the self. So we all have different aspects of the self. So the cards are created by using images from a magazine or from your own personal collection of photos. And each card that's five by eight is is created to represent a different aspect of oneself. Um, And there's different categories. Uh, It it gets kind of complicated in terms of the categories. I won't go into that, but I will say uh, that the best way to find out more about Soul Collage is to look at the website, which is www.soulcollage.com, one word, S-O-U-L-C-O-L-L-A-G-E, in case you're not... (laughs) I'm not speaking it clearly enough, Um, but you'll see uh, various YouTubes about how to get started. The book is, um, you can find on Amazon, and it's just a really nice way to dialogue. It's a good way to get in touch with several aspects of yourself because you actually dialogue with each card, and you ask it questions uh, coming. So each card represents, like I said, different aspect of yourself, and you're, you're using the card as a a dialogue with yourself. So the one question that's most powerful is, I am one who, and you, again, coming from the aspect of the card, and again, gets a little complicated to explain, but when you're doing it, it's really a great process, great way to dialogue, um, to journal, um, and then to share the cards. And actually, some people use them as tarot cards, like looking through your deck, which can be as, as... large as you want it to be and then choosing a card that you might want to dialogue with or or looking at it as, as a message for that day for you so and then the next question is i am the one who i give you yeah and any other information so is there anything that the listeners could potentially um uh aside from looking up the website and looking at the the videos to dive deeper into it is there anything they could do just to kind of get a taste of uh, what it's what it's about. I mean, good question. And and actually, there's so many aspects of soul collage that one of the things that would be kind of fun to do that I enjoyed when I first started was just looking through magazine and choosing images. 
And the images speak to you. Um, we use only images, not words, because if we use words and it goes to left brain, we want to stick with the right brain mm -hmm. and deal with the unconscious. So it's really interesting to, first of all, the process of ripping the pages, believe it or not, it's a great, it can be a stress reliever. Um, and then finding the images and the ones that kind of speak to you. Some some do, some don't. Um, and then choosing the images that they say the images choose you. And then, you know, organizing them on a page that has some meaning to the, the, the um, observer, the creator. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, maybe look, starting to look through magazines and thinking about different categories of people, places, and things. Mm -hmm. um, and then categorize them accordingly. And then... You know, learning and eventually doing the cards, but even just the process of create of getting to that is an is an interesting process. Mm -hmm. Images evoke so much feeling, and that's where scenic frost came from. Is that the imagination and images are so powerful, mm -hmm. and and it's also good because people who are not creative or don't think of themselves as creative feel comfortable with this process because again, it's just images. You're not drawing them you're finding them mm -hmm. or they're finding you so. and i love the idea of turning off electronics while you're doing this grabbing a magazine and sitting down and letting your creative juices flow instead of just becoming a zombie of whatever you you look on your phone and you're just going through facebook or social media or you know mindlessly scrolling through tiktoks you know or what have you but um i feel like we're just like glued to these devices or TV, you know, there's many people that I talk with when I say, what is the first thing you do when you get in the house? You know, I turn the TV on, you know, <laughs> like before they do anything else, just to have that background noise, just to almost be, dare I say, force fed uh, information, which, um, you know, decreases our ability to really like critically look at things and look at mm -hmm. ourselves. And I think this is a great way to take a break from all that turn the, all that stuff off, look at some magazines, find some images that, uh, that, that ring true for you that are, that are calling to you that seem like are choosing you and then to put them together to categorize them and, um, and see where that process takes you and to learn more about the soul collage. And then, um, there's the next step of that, which is, uh, the psychodrama, and I'd love, uh, Helen, for you to talk about what that actually is. Um, describe it as briefly as you can, I guess, because um, it's very, it's intense, and there's a lot uh, to it, just like the soul collage is very complex. I mean, I'm still trying to wrap my head around exactly what it is, but yeah, Helen, talk about the, the next step in the psychodrama, and maybe how you take somebody who's been doing some work with the creative expression, the soul collage, and then... Um, have them kind of enact or whatever. You know. Yeah. Um, well, uh, psychodrama came about, it's almost been 100 years ago now. Jacob Moreno was the founder and the creator of psychodrama. And it's really an action method. It's a drama of the psyche, I say. And what that means is that any issue can be worked out um, experientially. So that, and Kate, may I share with what we did, Marcy? Mm -hmm. Yes. So Marcy and I, we, we role-reversed her with um, her grandmother in, right. in her card, in her soul collage card. And <clears throat> she had a dialogue. And what I mean by that is she became grandma. And she, let me back up to say that card that I created was uh, an image of uh, myself as a child and my grandmother. And then you took it from there. 
and take it take it from there. <laughs> that thank you for doing that because I was going to say, well, let's talk about the cards. <laughs> so it was an image of your uh, a grandmother and a young child, and that was signifying your relationship that you had with your right. grandma, right? Mm -hmm. And just by by interviewing you. That's right. how that happened, and so it unfolded that is to be. So when Marcy was was her was the was herself, she was herself. But then when she would reverse and become grandma, she became grandma. And so that's really hard to express. And well, I just want to say from there, the message was very clear when mm -hmm. you guided me through that to get the message with the role reversal. So that I was then able to get the message from my grandmother. And the message was a really wonderful affirmation. Mm -hmm. And I'll share it with you because it was very powerful. So the message was, don't, don't think about the grief you've dealt with. Think about the good times and the good memories. And that alone was just very powerful. It really shifted, you know, from the sadness to like, wow, right, you know. What a segue for, to talk about resilience. Right. Because that really was, and I think that one was that that was right in the middle of COVID. It was because we yeah we were spending a little more time together. So. Yeah, in the beginning, you know, all of us were just I I don't know about y'all, but I was I didn't know what to think was going on, and I was by myself. My husband was out of town and didn't know exactly what to do with myself because there was nothing available and nobody and, to find to connect with. Right. I mean, so it's a wonderful thing that Zoom and all of the technology that has come about now helps us deal but, you know without face-to-face -face contact with people it's really been an interesting it's been, shift it has been a, it has been a ride it has been yeah. our new normal yeah. it sucks yes and we're teaching clients about resiliency all the time and it's like oh wow we have to do this now too i know yeah <laughs> we gotta okay <laughs> now i have to be uh um responsible for the things I'm trying to uh, convey and teach. That's exactly, yeah, exactly. right. So Qigong has really been a wonderful adjunct, I think, to um, to, to energizing mood because that's what's up, you know, is, is we have to find out, take our own temperature, if you will, of our mood and find a way to elevate that such that it is enough to deal with what's the next right thing. Well, and I started Qigong about 20 years ago when I had a back issue. So I went, of course, for my physical well-being. But getting into the flow of Qigong has helped me to be really, really something. It's very necessary. It's part of breathing, like you say. And it is breathing. You know, it's just a way to remind you to go deeper and to get grounded and how much, how important all the different organs are and how important it is to have oxygen and all the organs to to move the body, to feel good. So I've really loved Qigong. I still do. You know, it's just one of my one of my favorite things to do. And there are some uh, physiological properties that come, benefits that come out of doing Qigong, but also the mental, being in the moment, uh, engaging in some mindfulness practice. It sounds like this is just another way to mm -hmm. engage in some mindfulness. And uh, as I've said before, our depression lives when we think about the past and our anxiety thrives when we're worried about the future or we're just thinking about the future. And so being in the moment is so very important. And if you can just focus on your breath and moving and bringing fresh uh, oxygen and nutrients to all of your muscles and your cells and your organs and just to be there and feel your body in space and in time, moving as the Tao moves or, you know, right. what have you. 
Um, how wonderful is that as a meditative mindfulness uh, process as well? And talking about the Tao in terms of, you know, the Tao philosophy that relates to Qigong is the simple go with the flow. So it's a good reminder of that too, you know, body and mind to be in the flow. And then I always start my class with, okay, we're going to get out of the head and into the body. Not that you can separate the two, but you're not in the head space. You're, you know, mm-hmm. taking care of your body and that helps take care of your mind. So right, it's a great flow. You need body work. Body work's essential. It really is. Well, it's, it's like massage and body work mm-hmm. has really gone to the dump, for lack of better uh, vocabulary, because we have to maintain six feet apart um, and we have to wear masks. And I don't even know if massage therapists are out there doing They must be. I hope so. They are yeah. again. But it's, <laughs> you know, it's kind of one of those arbitrary things that people are fearful of. But yeah, yeah we all need the touch. We do. Know? We haven't had yeah. the the hugging or the touching like we're used to. I know. You can't get that on a Zoom session. No. Right. 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 Um, and you get to uh, at least be physically expressive when you guys do the, the psychodrama type of uh, work. And that is e- experiencing different uh, roles. You know, maybe you have to play a different version of yourself or you have to uh, enact a um, significant relationship mom dad or husband or wife or brother or sister and kind of see it from their eyes and similar to uh, what Marcy was talking about with the role reversal you guys are discussing you know taking the role of grandma as opposed to the um, uh, granddaughter and just gaining the uh, insight and then messages through that so um, what has been one of the uh, most powerful things you've seen, uh, Helen, in psychodrama? I've seen a lot of different things. It, it's, it can change lives, you know? And I, th- I liked what you said, Tom. It's really about healing the past in the present because psychodrama occurs always in the present so that whatever trauma occurred in the past or whatever whatever pain occurred in the past you know, or experience or desire to shift something from the past... It's all held in the present. So you create a, a, through what they call surplus reality an opportunity to have the ending you always wanted or to have the experience of whatever you missed happen. So it's, it's a, and, and I was thinking about too that what you described and that is exactly what psychodrama does. It helps you go from the other, tries to identify what the other person in your life is going through from their experience. Walking in someone else's shoes, literally. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And that's with couples counseling, you know, that, that um, couples so often can't see the other side. And it's really about attempting to be that person in the moment. You know, that's what reversing roles means. You reverse roles into the person that you're communicating with or wanting to understand. Something similar to that that I do in art therapy is I'll have them draws the outcome that they want to and so it's you know similar to uh-huh to what you're talking about with psychodrama mm-hmm. yeah. helps them kind of visualize where they want to go and that what helps with do. clarifying the goals so. right and again seeing it from another person's perspective so it's a nice combination with that with psychodrama mm-hmm. and you don't have to be an empath to be able to do it right <laughs> yeah. right right yeah. um so uh, for the both of you, uh, was there anything uh, in particular that um, 
you've noticed in working with uh, clients that um, you'd really like to uh, share with the listener some uh, modicum of hope or how you have built uh, resilience um, or, or something that maybe recharges you that gets you going for the next uh, client or group of clients because, you know, of course, this work we know um, can can be draining. I mean, we have to recharge our own um, spirit, mind, body, and, and the likes because we're givers. I mean, that's why we're in the field. So was there something that uh, a message of hope, uh, of resilience, or and or um, uh, what you and how you recharge uh, or renew yourself so that you can continue doing this great work? Well, I think that that's a very good question because it's something that I wanted to share, and that is how exciting it is for me to be here with both you, Tom, and with you, Marcy, and for us to be able to talk about some of the things that have come as a result of having more resilience and a different perspective. You know, we have to create our own reality. And I always knew that before, but now it's real important that we create our own reality. Um, this is our new normal, and we have to find ways to connect that are no longer like they were. And Zoom is one. Um, the experience on Zoom, actually, you can feel people's vibration. You know, you can feel their energy. It's, you have to, I'd have to show you. But um, I think that, uh, that every day I get up, every day I look forward to going to work. I really do because it is, it's it's bigger than I am. It's always been bigger than I am. And that's, I think that the, I, I look at my life as having gone through some opportunities and some challenges to, for a reason, you know, to help others. And um, so that no matter what's going on personally for me, I can remember that whatever's, whatever I'm supposed to do is bigger than me. And that keeps me going. That really does. And, of course, you know, halt, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. We've heard that before. <laughs> I try to eat well, try not to get too, with that, you know, out of the range of uh, emotion. Try to connect in any way I can and try to sleep. Mm -hmm. Halt. So when you, when you recognize that you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, that's when you need to halt and stop and, and look at the situation and take care of those things. Absolutely. Yeah. I like that. And I think, like we were just saying, you know, once this all happened and we were in our little quiet spaces, it was like, okay, what am I going to do for me? You know, here I'm telling my clients what they need to do, but I need to model that. So, you know, taking care of myself physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, um, hopefully financially too. <laughs> Not that it's concerned about that, but it's part of the picture. Oh, yes. So, you know, and, and really making that important aspect of my day you know, taking care of all those needs and connecting with people who have you know similar who are in similar places who can share that marcy has a garden and it's so amazing and so we sit outside in her garden and even if it's a million degrees it's so <laughs> beautiful because it's over it you have to describe it marcy. well so i have a, my office is downtown and um i'm in the twin oaks professional center and i have an acupuncturist and a massage therapist there and been using the garden as my own healing space. And then, as it turned out, it's been a great place to see clients, too. So I've incorporated that into, the, into my practice. So we do Qigong outside, and we do art outside, too. And um, it's for my own peace of mind, it's just a wonderful place to be. So 
So right. being outside is a wonderful. Yeah, you know, we really have to be outside. I have a dog that I walk religiously. Mm-hmm. She keeps me out of the house. Mm-hmm. You know, um, humor too. Humor, yeah. is humor is oh, huge. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you have to release all that burden of self. You know. Mm-hmm. So that's. So we've managed to improvise, overcome, and adapt in our uh, in our lives, um, and this this year, twenty twenty, has definitely reaffirmed that uh, for me. And to remain adaptable, um, that you know, no matter what, life can completely be altered and change in an instant. So uh, um, to always maintain a, a degree of adaptability, I think, is really important. And um, the humor part, not taking too many things seriously. I love that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell me how people could potentially get in contact with you, whether it's a phone or email or website, or you know, if they want to learn more um, uh, from you, Helen, from you, Marcy, individually, or um, uh, or to get more information or to get more resources, whatever. How do, how do they get in contact with you? Got it. Visiting my website, creativecounselingcenter.net, or my email address, which is happy, H A P P Y, Jessup, J E S S U P, at gmail.com. That's my maiden name, and my sort of my realization about my email address is that it's never too late to have a happy childhood. (laughs) Mars, how do you get hold of you? Um, My art reach is the name from my program. Um, my email address is Marcy, M-A-R-C-Y, Artreach, A-R-T-R-E-A-C-H, all one word, at gmail.com. Don't have my website up now, but I will. But you can reach me those other ways. Thank you. You ladies are absolutely amazing. Uh, I will value continually our relationship, and I'd love to do more of these and talk about other uh, topics. Um, is there any burning desires that you have that you felt like you wanted to at least get on this uh, podcast in particular? Well, we can't talk enough about resilience. You know, we really have to see, and I was talking to my husband about this today. It's like, you know, it's all about our attitude. If we can f- grab hold of how to shape our attitudes, and we've got the world by the tail. Um, when you look at a glass, you know, it's really just a glass. It's not half empty or half full. It's just a glass. But if it were half empty or half full... It's how we look at the world. You know, I, if I look out and see a, I see the best in, in the day, and that's going to pretty much guarantee I'll have a better day. Mm-hmm. And if I look out and say, oh, poor me, poor me, sometimes I can't see the day. And so I have to find ways to cope. And then those are what we're like, you know, the physical, mental, spiritual activity, um, reaching out, reaching in, meditation. You know, those things really make a difference. Mm-hmm. Mars? Well, I agree. <laughs> it's all about how we see the world, how we use our humor to adapt to the world, and, you know, again, mental and physical connections with ourselves, with others, all very important. And you'll be hearing more from us. <laughs> Actually, and Helen and I have been working on this program, The Art of Change, and we were just about to launch that when COVID happened. So, not our time for that now, but it gives us more time to work on our program, and we look forward to helping others in the future with that. Mm-hmm. And thank you, Tom. This is awesome. You're welcome. Thank yes, you guys so much you. for being here. Uh, and thank you guys for listening. Please uh, uh, leave some reviews. It helps us grow and change and adapt. 
and maybe there's a certain topic that you'd really like to hear on the show, please uh, leave some uh, comments for us. Thanks again. As always, you guys take care. Be safe out there. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. Peace. Take care.